0: Yeah, so I'm really interested in this because, like you said, it's brand new. I heard about it. uh, Permission to Speak Freely podcast. There are a couple senior chiefs that do a podcast, and I heard on theirs. I didn't know how to. I didn't know what to think about it, man.
1: Yeah, I I know. uh, There's like this a lot of misconceptions about it. uh, Like, what's the difference between it? What's what's that's mentoring? You're just really different name, right? Uh, But hopefully, I can share some stories today. Talk about uh, a couple people that I'm coaching. Actively right now, uh, and kind of like what the major differences is with those kinds of relationships.
0: How long have you been in the navy? Oh, me blooming life! I'm Jamie Britt, and I'm Heath Britt. And together, we are E14. We have 40 years of naval service. And each week, we discuss a potpourri of topics, which we like to call smoke pit topics.
1: These are real world topics that concern us, our marriage, and our navy with a sailor
0: twist. So join us each week as we dive into the, dive. Deep, end. Into the deep end. Booyah! Welcome everybody back to the E14 podcast. Uh, I'm your single host today, Heath. Jamie still doing her chief select hiatus. So, right now it's just me, but that's all right. Joining me today, he's on shed some light on us on this new coaching initiative in the Navy, ETV One, Lawrence Bueno. Hey, welcome to the show, my man.
1: Hey, thank you for having me. It's a, it's a huge honor. Uh, I really appreciate it, especially being part of that, like season five inspirational leadership. You know, I'm yeah. actually a listener. Uh, so, I appreciate that. Uh, there's some huge honor people that have been on this podcast. So, I appreciate it. Yeah, it's a, it's good to be here.
0: No, my pleasure, Lawrence. And for the people listening, can you uh, introduce yourself? Tell us a little about yourself.
1: Yeah, so I'm TV1 Bueno. Uh, I'm over at ComSubLant. So basically what I do now is I deconflict the submarine water space. Uh, So it's actually pretty interesting. I I didn't think I was going to enjoy being stationed in Norfolk as much as I have. Uh, But just being a submarine guy, getting to be stationed around a lot of like different surface sailors now and like kind of picking their brains and seeing how the different communities are. Uh, you know, a lot of times with submariners, we get very isolated. We're thinking we're like the only people, uh, in, yeah. in, this, in the Navy. So it's obviously not the case. Right, man. So, uh,
0: you're, you're a bubblehead. no offense, yep. but you're a bubblehead. <laughs> cool. And I heard you're, you're a submariner, not a submariner. I had a cob I worked for, who went from, uh, the sub fleet. He was an air station CMC when I was, uh, when I was a chief and senior chief, he didn't—he didn't like submariner because you're bel- sub means you're beneath a mariner. <laughs> so he's not a beneath nobody. He's a submariner. Yeah. So how tall are you? Oh man, I'm not that tall. I'm like five nine. Yeah. So that's still pretty good for being a bubblehead. <laughs> yeah. So you don't get you do bang your head too much. No, no, no. I'm uh, perfectly sized, I think. Because <laughs> I was on the S. land, which was a sub tender back in the day. And so I've been on a few subs, did some calibrations for them, uh, things like that. I was on a few, uh, it was, it was tight quarters, man. I, you guys, hats off to you guys for living those tight quarters. Are you a fast attack guy or a boomer?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'm a fast attack guy. My, my first submarine was the, it was a PCU Colorado at the time. And then, uh, when I first got, there's three different pieces. So they sent us TAD to several boats. Like I was on the USS Missouri. Uh, now they're out of Pearl, Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I was on Colorado and then I did some time at uh ComSub Dover five, the special projects units over there. So how long you been in? I've been in for eight years, actually. Eight years. Uh,
0: okay. Eight years Good and deal. a couple months. Mm-hmm. Good deal. So you know, you're a you're a Navy coach, which is a new initiative. And I, I was telling Lawrence earlier when I first I heard about it was my friends over at the Permission to Speak Freely podcast. Great show. Y'all should definitely listen to it. Uh, I heard them talk about it and it was a lot of questions, you know, they had just heard about it. I I was already retired. I freshly retired and I, and I was like, wow, I'd never heard of this. So Lawrence is a coach. He is a Navy coach trained, right? Trained yeah, through all the training on it. He's going to talk to mm-hmm. us about it. So first thing I want to ask you, man, what's the difference between a Navy coach and your basic mentor that we, we as senior enlisted did anyway?
1: Yeah. So, uh, I'm sure a lot of people on the podcast are familiar with mentors, right? Uh, as an LPO, I'm constantly mentoring my division, my department, uh, and I'm showing them, hey, this is kind of what I did to to get to where I'm at. This is what has worked well for me. This is what hasn't worked well for me. And a lot of that mentoring relationship is uh, learning from me, whereas coaching would be I have I have to have zero experience in your specific rating and your specific life challenge going on. And I can coach you through that. So here's an example of this. Someone that I'm coaching right now, uh, she recently just moved to Japan. I've never been to Japan. Uh I've never like been over in that side. This is the first time I'm actually in Hawaii right now. And uh so part of it was like they're stepping into a new role. They're in a whole different rating than me. I have no operational experience with what their rating is. But the the thing I'm coaching her through is stepping into a new leadership role from day one, having that like standard that she wants, as well as getting through the moving process. So some things that come up in that is asking like really open-ended, powerful questions and like really trying to listen to what they're saying. So at first it might be the the kind of whisper of what you hear is like, oh, I really want to be the best LPO from day one. But then you ask like, what is driving you to do that? uh well i've had really bad leadership in the past uh something like that so you're asking like what what did that look like uh when you had bad leadership what did good leadership look like uh and the other thing with coaching that's really nice is uh it's not just about the the professional aspect of it it's also like a personal goals and stuff so another person that i have is like he's getting ready to transition out the navy so Six months from now, he gets out and that's like a big, I really want to make sure that he's like as ready as he could be uh, because a lot of times it's so easy to just a leadership be like, oh, we're going to send him a TGPS a year out and then he's good to go. But like, really, what does that look like six months out? What do you, what do you want to have done at that six month mark? And so it's a longer relationship than just like a uh, short term. Hey, this is what I did. This is all the resources are for you. No, it's like, hey, do you, what does success look like for you?
0: Badass. So where, where did the training happen? I mean, how much training did you have to do? Uh, where did where'd you go for training and, and all that? Yes, yeah, so it was actually uh,
1: that's a great question. It was really intense, 80 hours of training and then 20 hours of hands-on, like coaching. Uh, so, and that was through this civilian company called Flatter Inc. And they actually train, the Army has an Army coaching program as well as the air force. So we had a lot of air force, uh, senior enlisted as well as senior officers.
0: Okay. So, uh, so you had 80 hours of training. Do you have to maintain training? Do you have to stay, maintain proficiency?
1: Yes. Yes. So this, that's part of it. And then there's a bigger governing organization called the ICF. So through the ICF, there's also like different requirements to actually get different certifications. So this was just like the baseline training. And then through the Navy, the Navy has their own governing with it. Uh, but yeah, it was it was really humbling because I got a lot of experience with like some some really like higher ups and like other branches, even in the Navy wise. I think there were only two other first classes out of the twelve of us in this last quarter. Wow, so there's there's a lot of senior, a couple of senior chiefs, a bunch of like one of the, one of the RDCs, a lot of lieutenants, and uh, a, com- a couple of commanders. So yeah, it, was, it was like very humbling to be. Uh, in that and being selected for that.
0: Holy cow. So that sounds intense. So you, I want to use an example. You said you're, you have a, a, somebody you're coaching right now that's in Japan, female, right? Yes. Okay. Yes. In Japan. Uh, and I guess she's trying to be an LPO. She's Is that where she's, she's taking, taking those leadership steps at her, at her new command. Yeah. Yeah. So somebody that's, uh, I'm not meaning this as a disc, cause it's, it's uh, like you're a sub submariner whose uh, relationship with females out to sea is limited, you know, yep. it's just the way it is. How how do you put yourself in that mind frame to to mentor somebody? Is is this female, is she a surface fleet or is she a, in the sub fleet? Aviation, what what part of the Navy is she in?
1: Oh, uh, so they're administrative. Uh, and, this, again, that's completely different than what I do, like you kind of said. So, yeah. like, you know, like not really mentoring, but just really kind of, Trying to to form the questions that are going to be thought provoking to them.
0: So, so. it's the, basically I, I kind of get it now. It's hard for me to get out of that mentor mentality, right? Yeah. Because it's to me in my mind it's so close, but yet yeah, it can, it can it could be further apart from each other. So you're basically just getting that person him or her to think about how they're going to get the goals they want.
1: Yeah, exactly. Like the answers are coming from the person being coached, as opposed to me, the uh, in in a traditional sense, like the mentor. Uh, right. If you if you want, we could kind of spend like maybe like a five ten minutes, and
0: That'd I could try great. to coach you. That'd be good. good. I need a lot of coaching, man.
1: Yeah, yeah. I'm a, I'm dumb, a, I'm a
0: dumb redneck, man. I need coaching. Oh. <laughs> 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 <Yeah>. <laughs> no, I would love that. I would well, love that. We'll we'll do that toward in a minute because that would be great because mm-hmm. that would uh, definitely help the listeners differentiate. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds good. Yeah. I'm uh, definitely could use the practice. I'm down with it. Um, When did you, how long you been doing this?
1: Uh, So we just graduated actually a month ago yesterday, September 15th. uh, I got my graduation cert. So yeah, I'm uh, freshly, freshly qualified, fresh, fresh coach. So while the listeners out there too, they can definitely uh, reach out.
0: Awesome. And how did you get, is there like a website or a place where people look for coaches or they assign them to you? Uh, so the Navy coaching, if you go on like the, the,
1: my Navy HR page, there's like a section in the talent management section where it's like my Navy coaching. Uh, and there's a contact email there. There's uh there's a couple good, really good master chiefs that are like organizing the whole the whole initiative and they're they They have our contact info. So like they, they reach out to us. We have uh, regular meetings and stuff and emails going around. So, Oh, wow. So it's
0: pretty organized. Yeah.
1: Oh uh, yeah, there's definitely like room for, room for improvement because it's like it's still in its infancy the 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 initiative itself. So I think that's kind of where like the like the first classes the chiefs in the program can really just take it and uh, really improve on it.
0: Awesome, awesome. Now, would you be able to coach a uh, seen like an officer or is they keep enlisted with listed officers with officers chiefs with chiefs? It,
1: no, you it can uh, you, you can definitely coach anyone. Uh, my we had a long term triad. It was called where you're in a group with two other people and you kind of practice coaching. And the person I coach is actually a 05 in the, in the air force. Uh, wow. we still talk to today. So she's helped me. She's actually mentored me from a, from a enlisted uh, organization with officers, like that communication style. Um, but also I've coached her. So it's, it's uh, really cool that there's so much freedom to go back and forth throughout the ranks with coaching.
0: Holy cow. So you're actually coaching an officer in the Air Force. Yeah. So it's not it, – I was in my mind you were going to be staying with the Navy. That's nothing to do with it. This is military as a whole, coaching military as a whole. So the, the Navy coaching
1: initiative is that the Navy paid for us to get these seats in the door. So we owe the Navy like 100 hours Got of it. coaching the Navy people as well as like traditional – I think we have to uh, teach like a couple seminars seminars uh, throughout the year, I think two. Uh, once we, once we get qualified through the the facilitator course, which is kind of a little different, oh. um, but yeah, it's, uh, I can kind of, I could coach family, friends and that still counts towards the hours of that bigger governing organization of the ICF. Oh, so nice. that's how you kind of progress your, your hours to get to the next level. Of wow.
0: Uh, wow. That is, that is really cool. I, I, blows my mind. I was think it's Navy centric, uh, but no, I, I can see that crossing over into the outside world when you retire, or get out. Cause you know, being a life coach, uh, in the civilian world, you know, they have the life coaches and stuff that do that for a living. So you think that would cross over?
1: Oh, absolutely. Uh, and like I was saying with like the getting those hours, it's a huge benefit to have this at eight years in the Navy. Mm-hmm. And I could have 12 years of experience when I get out. Cause, uh, I hate to talk like all about money thing, but there's a, there's a huge demand for like executive coaches as opposed to just the life coaches thing. So if they see you have like the highest level certification, you have 12 years experience and you're like a veteran and stuff, but that's, uh, it's pretty, it's pretty good to have on your resume if you wanted to go down that route.
0: Wow. I didn't think about that. Look at there. Yeah. I'm ready to be (laughs) coached. Coach Coach me, Lawrence. Let's uh, coach me, man. I'm ready to do this.
1: Yeah. So, uh, okay um let's let's talk about generally uh, what what would you like to talk
0: about through this coaching session let's talk about me in five years how's that sound goals okay. yeah
1: so what about the the five years goals is uh is what's important to you like what do I'm, you think well, about five years
0: I'm 45 46 years old so in five years I'll be 50 51 so professionally, if I don't have like a career of some sort at that age and I'm already doing it, then I'm almost not marketable anymore because of my age. You understand what I'm saying? Because, you know, after your 40s, you kind of start your, 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 your marketability kind of starts going down. So I like to kind of see what I need to do or how, how would I go to attack, attack that, uh, that monster of being, of getting something, maybe being, Uh, financially secure by the time I'm 50 years old.
1: So what I'm hearing you say is that when you get to about 50, you think that there's going to, you have a fear that you might be less marketable. Is that? Yeah,
0: definitely. Definitely. Yep.
1: So what kind of things come up when? what kind of emotions do you feel when you think about being
0: 50? I uh, feel old. Uh, I feel, you know, mentally, I guess, cause the Navy did it too mentally. I don't feel like I'm, I'm knocking on 50s door. I feel like maybe mentally I'm still in my thirties because I was around people mainly in their twenties and thirties for so long. So I, it, it's an eye opener when I think about it and I actually think about how old I am or how I'm going to be soon. It, it, I feel, yeah. old. like, damn, where where did my life go? And all that.
1: So what would you like to accomplish by the time you're 50? Like what would, what would that perfect 50th birthday look like for you?
0: I'm already established, which I am somewhat. The Navy has helped me do that. Uh, So I got retirement, you know, VA benefits. So that, that, that's part, that's part of it. But I want to be established. If I want something, I want to go be able to buy something. You, You know what I mean? If I, if my kid needs something, I won't be able to, be like, okay, we'll go get it. Like, you know, need, not want necessarily, but need. I don't want to, I don't want to be, a. I guess, uh, within reason. I don't want to be a, a uh, what do they call it? A slave to my financial situation. Basically, I don't want to, I want to have financial freedom. So what
1: would financial freedom look like for you?
0: Uh, be, be, being able to pretty much if I need a new car, I can buy a new car. For example, you know, with my wife still in the Navy would have to still like move and buy a house wherever we go and, or rent, at least rent a house wherever we go. I want to have at least like 10 grand, just put away somewhere just in case I need it. Not, not a retirement fund. That's just like an emergency fund, 10 grand. And, and like I said, be able to afford what I want to afford. If I like for, and I don't know, I know I'm sounding possessive. Like possessions are big, but you know what? I feel I believe a person works hard their whole life; they deserve that. So I'd like to be able to, to if I within reason, if I wanted to buy something, I go buy it. I'd like to be, I'd like to be like combined me and my wife doing about three hundred thousand dollars a year. If everything stayed the same as it is now. Now, of course if if the if the economy goes to shit and everything, inflation gets, you know, 100 100 times worse than it is now, I would like to be able to make money to match inflation. But for right now if I had 300 grand a year, I'd be I'd be pretty happy.
1: Yes, sir, I heard you say something uh, kind of interesting with like like yeah, you feel like you deserve that uh after working your whole life, especially at 50, you you would have been working for almost like what is it? Like 30 32 years if you I yeah, don't I know, yeah.
0: I did 26 years in the Navy. So, yeah. uh, yeah, if I, if I keep working for another four or five years, I'll be plus 30 years of of working. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So what other, I know, so we kind of identified the fi- financial freedom is important to you and to your family. Uh, what other things do you think I c- you deserve? Or What else is there other than the financial freedom aspect? I, I want to be
0: fine financially free, but I don't want to uh take a toll on family life. Do you know what I mean? I don't want to be the guy working 80 hours a week to put food to uh to get to meet that meet that goal. Do you understand what I'm saying? So I want a good home life and good financial freedom. And I, I think that with that, I think I'd be pretty happy.
1: So when you say pretty happy, how do you get to man ecstatic like what does ecstatic oh no mean? no no
0: that's ecstatic yeah. that's ecstatic yeah. that's ecstatic okay. yeah, yeah that's good no that's good pretty damn ecstatic very yeah. ecstatic yeah can you uh
1: talk a little bit more about the work-life balance thing what is that what is a perfect work-life balance for you mean because it's just like 80 hours a week is too much but like
0: yeah I, I can do probably between 40 and 50 hours a week i think that's a fair balance
1: OK, and is there is there anything else you think uh, you'd like to deserve of the, after that 50th birthday, like the work life balance, the, the financial freedom?
0: No, I think that's that. Uh, yeah, that would be good. That would make me happy. OK, and
1: uh, just for the sake of this kind of like training exercise thing, uh, what was kind of the most helpful thing out of our conversation today?
0: You got me to think <laughs> that was pretty good. You got me to think because I can just say I want money right but you were you were digging me making me dig a little bit more into what i wanted you, you know what you know what i mean and that's something that i've i don't worry about that so much now but i did at retirement you know what i mean i did at retirement because i want i didn't want to you know cuz you do 26 years on anything you feel you know you you're you're doing it you're at the top of your game for so long and then you just all of a sudden you're not doing anything that's kind of a part of my French mind fuck you know, you know what I mean. So it yep. makes you you almost feel worthless for a while. It took me a while. To, you know, Jamie helped him snap me out of it. But you know, there was a time I was a little down on myself for a little bit. Mm-hmm. So that's what I was thinking about. Like, God dang, I'm I'm I was 45 and I retired. So I'm thinking, damn, I'm you know I'm I'm not like wine. I don't get better with age. <laughs> so so I need to either do something now, but then I couldn't because Jamie was getting ready to transfer. So I, I didn't want to invest in a job and then leave a few months later. I got a job now, but, but, uh, for a while there, I had to just like, just, just suck it up, you know, until we transferred that, that it it messed with my psyche a little bit. I'm not going to lie, but everything's better now. But that's something that I really struggled with probably until, until maybe a month ago, until I got a job, you know, that's, that's, that's real, that's real talk right there. That's, that's how I felt. And I I didn't want to. I don't want to struggle. You struggle in your twenties, not in your forties. You know, you struggle in your twenties. I'm I'm I struggled in my twenties. I was okay with that. I'm not I'm not okay with struggling now. So I got to figure that out. But which, which I did. I think I think we're in a good place now. I'll be in even a better place. I think it just get better as I get older. So I think by the time I'm fifty, I'll be even better off if everything's tracking. So yeah, that was good though. I like the way you had me thinking because it's easy to say I want I want money. <laughs> that's easy you know anybody can get money but what are they willing to give up for that money you know what i mean
1: yeah and uh like kind of at the end there you see how like you were saying like like the the different challenges that you're having and stuff that's kind of the next step of coaching uh kind of the first initial session you you really want to try to form that vision that the person that you're coaching has like like in this case you're saying when you're 50 so if we were to have like eight or ten sessions it would be like what does that vision look like that your overall arching what you want to talk about through all of our sessions and then you kind of the second session you kind of really identify what are like the what are the different challenges and like the middle ground is like what's in your control to do and that's kind of like where the real powerful thought-provoking things go uh we have more time maybe if we want to be coaching and stuff we'd, we'd ask questions like like what are you able to do today to help you with that financial freedom and then that's where it it creates this this action that started from you Jamie not not me Lawrence right it's starting right. from from you and you kind of have more ownership and more buy in because you came up with the goal it's not it's not me saying hey you should do a budget man if you don't want to do a budget you're not going to do a budget even if I tell true. you to true so yeah. it's really about like oh you know maybe today I can like save in the stock market or something whatever you think is like Maybe I'll transfer money on my TSP or whatever reason. I'm not a financial advisor. I'm not that, that specific about it. But maybe the, the right answer is, hey, what I could ask you what kind of resources are available. Maybe, hey, I can make an appointment with a, with a financial advisor today. And this kind of really segues into uh, some more challenges with coaching. They're like, I'm not a licensed therapist at all. Uh, a lot of times things will come up in coaching that will bring up these kinds of emotions. You now uh, I heard you say, like, I feel kind of worthless. If we, at one, at one point when you were talking about like not working. Uh, so like, if something like that came up, like we would, we would provide like some kind of, we'd ask, well, what are the resources you could do to do that? Right. So uh, it's, it's more of like a general, what are, what can you do? What's, what's at your, your control level.
0: And then we kind of refer out if we if we need to. Yeah. So you don't, you, you got to walk that line uh, yeah. because as a coach, like you said, you're not a therapist. No, nope. you're not a marriage counselor. You're not you're not a physician. You're none of those things. So you can't you can't give pointed advice on something you're not professionally certified to do. Correct.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. And that's that was a, a big portion of the training, too, is like identifying uh, what are what are the lines there? And, uh, and definitely not getting too close to it, but sometimes you do have to get in that emotional side of coaching. Um, like here's an example too. one person I'm coaching right now. Uh, his dad was, was an E eight in the, in the Marines. So in his mind, he's never going to be like as good as dad until he's a senior chief. Wow. Yeah. And you kind of, you be like, where does that come from? Well, he just saw his dad in his example. And like, it, it's it's like wh- wh- why is he feeling that way? Like did his dad say something to him about that? Right. So it's, it's a lot. Of, a lot of emotion can come from that.
0: Yeah, definitely. I can definitely understand that. And it's they don't think they don't take an account. He was in the Marines. You're in the Navy. There's different quotas and everything's not the same. It's apples and oranges. Even like a ETV and a and a ganger on a sub. Their career paths are totally different. Yep. You know see it's apples and oranges you know what I mean it, but it reminds me a lot of like when I was active duty when you said about the uh giving it given point of advice being not qualified right or certified I remember this time and I and I was the first class at my had a senior chief I worked for and uh, a female spouse came into his office and sat down on his couch and said my husband who worked for my senior chief is cheating on me a senior chief is not a marriage counselor, by any stretch of imagination. You know what he did? He referred her. He showed her. He actually made, even gave her directions to find Fleet and Family Service Center. Yeah. Because, and at the time, you know, as a as a first class at the time, I was thinking, especially in those days, that was a while back, I was thinking, you know, you, you know you, you're you supposed to know everything, but no, you're not supposed to know everything. That's why if you knew everything, they the Navy wouldn't hire these other people to help out because you knew everything. And it made sense, you know, don't, don't give advice on something that's not, you're not qualified to do so because that makes no good, no good for anybody. And that's what that coaching reminds me of. I think about that, that time when, uh, when she came into his office and did that because it could have gone other way if he started taking her side or taking the sailor side or, or all that, it could have gone really bad, really fast.
1: Yeah. And, uh, like the coaching thing, by no stretch of the means it replacing any mentoring. Like that still no. needs to happen in the Navy. Right. Uh, the, the coaching thing is it's it's a nice way of communicating as well, because especially with like peer leadership, right? Like you don't ever want to come across, at least this is what I'm learning now uh, being a department LPO is like, you don't want to come across. Like I know more than somebody else. Kind of what you mm-hmm. said. So yeah. you really want to like actually listen. Um, yeah. And you might've heard that too. Like when we were doing the coaching, it was like, the act of listening, like really, like pausing and like letting you talk, right? Right. Like listening to what you're saying, um, that's kind of like the the breaking down of what that was was like listening to what you're talking about, and really thinking about the questions I'm asking with, like, open ended. Like, a lot, I ask a lot of what questions. Mm-hmm. I ask yes or no questions because sometimes we say yes or no question. That's that's the end of the conversation of that part of it.
0: Yeah, I mean it's. It's it's a way to communicating. Definitely, they it's like you were taught how to communicate with people, because to be an effective coach, you can't ask a lot of yes or no questions. Or that conversation's going to last ten minutes, tops, right?
1: Yeah, and and that's something that I can use moving forward in my Navy career throughout the next twenty plus years, maybe if I if I stay in that long, right? So uh, I'm super grateful that I was able to be a part of this. So early in my career,
0: yeah, eight years in, super early. So, what what motivates you to do that? You just got to, you saw you saw it online, or somebody came to your command, or or what?
1: Yeah, so um, I would say I've identified some kind of need for for this. Back on my on my uh, first submarine, uh, I don't want to get too 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 tragic and everything, but I showed up to my submarine, my division navdiv with four people from the same A school class. So we were already together for a full year. Wow. Yeah, and so a couple of years in, we're qualifying submarines together, qualifying the same watch stations. Um, and like I said, it was a PCU. So like, it's not super strenuous in the beginning, but then it gets really, really hard when you have to get the submarine out. Same with any, any plank owner that has done that. So, um, it's like we're kind of ramping up the op tempo and two of two out of the four sailors attempted suicide wow one of them unfortunately passed away uh actually almost almost uh two years to the day Wow! i'm sorry almost three years to the day in october so um yeah it was that's pretty intense and then the the third sailor other than me he got medically discharged uh for like kidney stones and stuff so out of the four people that I came with, like I was raised with in the Navy, I was the only person to, to kind of stay in. So, like, I did a lot of reflection on it when I found out that he died because it was the first news we got when we pulled into Norway on our maiden deployment. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I was like tragic. It just hit me so heavy. I was thinking about it, I was like, what was like the difference between me and these four other people or me and these other three people? Because we had the exact same upbringing in the, in, in the navy, we had the exact same careers up to that point, and I was the only one that was on deployment then. So, like when I got the news, I was like so emotional. And me and my chief, we were together that whole time too. So me and my chief were like really close, and we were just like looking. I never like cried that hard, and like in another man's like that close to him like that. And yeah, it was it was heavy. It was heavy. And I look at it, and I'm like, so I was. I'm from New Jersey, so I'm close to to Connecticut so I had a good family support system and this sounds weird but I really focused more than the other guys on like PT not like not like crazy I was not I'm not like a fitness super big guy but like I would work out and I would notice like they just didn't so now I like think about like what other things was I doing and then when I look at the whole picture it's like I was working on myself overall more than they were
0: yeah
1: And that's like kind of the tragic side to it of like how bad it can get. But that's like something I want to take with me throughout the Navy is like, hey, you want to work on your personal life as well. So like that's kind of now I do a lot. I do a lot of Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Like I train four or five times a week. Wow. That really helps me with my my mental, physical health Um, and even like confidence and being humble. Like I think jiu-jitsu is great for me. Um, yeah, so kind of looking at that, that need for like, the whole sailor, like, we hear these phrases all the time Mm -hmm. of like, warrior toughness, like, what does that mean? Like, it's one thing to hear from a senior chief or a master chief that nobody knows, but like, you hear a first class talking about it. It's like, oh, maybe this like means something like, yeah, maybe it's actually helpful.
0: Wow, that's, that's deep, man. So you, you didn't. You started out in the Navy, it was rocky. Yeah, I mean, with your with your shipmates that you uh, showed up to the to the boat with. Yeah, wow, all right. that's that that's crazy, man. That's crazy how you were like all the people that showed up with you, You're the one that stuck around. Yeah. But, mm-hmm. And and that the fact that you were taking care of yourself, it's important. That that's something that people like when I first came in. It wasn't it wasn't like that. It was it was like, you know, uh mission, 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 mission. You worry about yourself when you can. Mission, mission, mission. And now like it made a round turn on that, hey, take care of yourself because you ain't worth a shit to nobody else if you ain't if you ain't taken care of. And that's that's cool. That's cool that you did that. And I can see how that probably molded you into wanting to become a, a coach and help others. That's awesome. That's awesome. So like you said, you were you were you were kinda like almost felt like you A lot of of stuff you went through in the past kind of made you want to do this. So when did you first hear about it?
1: So uh, I'm smiling now because uh, I got, well, not burned on like this nav admin question, but I did this sailor of the quarter thing for the quarter one. I won, but they asked me one random question about a nav admin. So in my, what I've been doing the last like, almost weekly is I check the nav admin page and I almost, it's crazy. It feels like it's like a superpower amongst the other first classes. Cause there's not like a lot of people that do that. And I, it's didn't so do that. I didn't
0: do that, do. that shit. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. Like almost no one does that. And I think it's like a cheat code to like the Navy. Cause this whole black rank tab thing that everyone's freaking out about. Mm-hmm. I told my guys about that. Like I reminded them and like, I just like our, our, our department was good, which is great. And yeah. So, that's kind of how I found out about it was like, I don't even wait for the, like the my Navy HR, like Facebook pages. That's good. They put a lot of good information out there, but I'll just check the nav admins and I'll like skim through them and I'll look at the title and be like, Oh, that's important. What is this Navy coaching thing? So yeah, I, I don't know. I It sounds weird, but yeah, I, I think uh the question that one of the senior chiefs asked me helped me long term with like, Oh, let me just look at nav admins. it's it's easy. It's free. It takes five minutes
0: right. It does it is yeah. it is. so you look at nav admin, you read up it, it it sparked your attention when you read the title and you kind of re- uh, browse through it and it was like, hey, I could do that.
1: yeah, so I looked at it and I was like, I think I meet all these requirements. and then honestly, <laughs> I applied, not thinking I was going to get accepted. Like I really I was like, oh man, I don't know if I don't know if I'm gonna get picked for this. like there's like senior chiefs and officers and they, they want different communities and stuff. Uh, and yeah, I put together the the application. I took it very serious. Like I did it through my, uh, our chief of staff, which is like, like you, right by the Admiral, like he's like right below the submarine Admiral. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, it was, it was a big deal for, for me routing this package and I almost didn't think I was going to get picked and the training was like, so not hard, but it was like, during kind of some of the worst hours for the work week. So it was like 10 to 1200 Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Yeah. So that was like thankful to my department, my division, uh, really helping out when I'm doing training. But that in itself is kind of like a huge challenge because I really had to communicate before I left for training. What did that look like? Because my building, I couldn't have my, my laptop or my wife, like there's no Wi-Fi, nothing like that.
0: Right, right, right.
1: Yeah, so I, like, had to have, like, a good plan every single day, which challenged me as a leader, and it really helped. And then sometimes it was, like, I had to be okay with, if they made some decisions that were contrary to my plan in my head, I had to, like, accept that, like, no, I wasn't there. It's I can't get upset about, like, there's no personal feelings. It's just right. they made decisions that for work they needed to get done.
0: Yeah, and you were doing your thing, so you had to just, dis- yeah. Be a, be a grown up about it.
1: Yeah, yeah. A lot of, yeah, of learning this whole year.
0: I hear you. So uh right now, when you since you've been doing this, you say you're just pretty fresh out of out of training, right? About a month yeah. you said. Mm-hmm. Are you deployable now? Or are you on shore duty? What's your uh what status are you right now?
1: Yeah, so uh I'm actually on my first shore duty uh ever okay. at, at ComSublant in Norfolk, Virginia. How you like shore uh, duty? So, you like shore duty? Oh man, I, I good love shit, it shit, ain't it? <laughs>
0: it's yeah, good shit.
1: It's, so <laughs> i i just left uh, i think we we're talking before the podcast started yeah i just left leave two weeks in costa rica yeah and then i came back to work for one day and then for work they flew me out to hawaii for two weeks so in the month of october i almost spent one day in norfolk virginia for work uh and then my wife's flying out here next week so it's just amazing it's uh i i look at i i, I don't want to take it too too serious about it but I recently did a, uh, our CMC's retirement ceremony and I was the bell ringer. Yeah. And like, I've been to a bunch of retirement ceremonies, but for some reason it kind of clicked more uh, a couple months ago when they were doing the, I have the watch yeah. the portion. I was like, man, I have the watch. And I was just thinking about it and I was like, man, this is uh this is intense because it's like on shore duty. I'm not standing the watch. Like I'm not, right. I'm not, there's submarines right now as we speak, that don't have sunlight, that don't have any emails from home. And I literally look at myself every day and this sounds so like fake, but it's like, man, I'm so glad I'm not on a submarine. I could feel the sun. It's there's traffic in Norfolk and people are like honking their horns, yelling. I'm just, my window's down, my hands out the window. I'm just chilling. I'm like, this is life's great because I'm not, I'm not on a submarine today.
0: Right. Cause you guys don't get emails until you go PD. Yeah. And so yeah. You, If you're underwater, yeah, you, you guys just I always thought it was weird. Like you're ch- you're you're emailing your 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 significant other, your wife, your husband, whoever, and, and you're emailing. And all of a sudden you guys are in an argument and then, boom, you're not PD no more. That's three. You could be three weeks without hearing that shit again. Yeah. And you just sit there thinking about it while you're standing watch thinking about it. You know, you can't even concentrate. that have got to be that's got to be
1: awful. Yeah, the, you're talking about the the weeks and stuff without hearing. You're replying to old emails. Yeah, you're leaving them out of order. You're like, what the heck is going on? Yeah, like, like what? Are you okay? Is this a, and and then they obviously they screen the emails to make sure like nothing too crazy gets right. to you first. But right, still it's it's uh it's intense. And then you you gotta just even like the basic like the sleep rotations. The mm-hmm. which I know like it's still on the surface and everything. But like the no sunlight thing is like
0: oh no, that's that, different.
1: That, yeah. It's uh, it builds like a different kind of resiliency that you like really need to be able to focus on that whole picture.
0: I mean, you're you're from Costa Rica, so you got a tan all the time. But I some of those regular guys go down there, come back, they pasty as hell.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. I remember them the coming
0: co- coming up to they come on board the ship to drop off some stuff. We could calibrate for them. I'm mean, like, God dang man, they yeah. had to put sunglasses on. <laughs> <laughs> it yeah. was bad. It was bad. Yeah. But so let's take a, let's take this in the future when you do go back to a up which yeah. is inevitably gonna happen. You, you can still it's be harder to do the coaching the coaching gig, huh? It's gonna be a little tougher, a little more challenging. Do you do you, yeah. have you thought have you thought about that? How are you gonna how are you gonna uh skin that cat? How are you gonna do that? Yeah, so uh I'm actually
1: working with the uh the other submarine uh like the com pack equivalent to me. Yeah. He's he's the XO at ComSub Pack. Uh, So we're going to meet later this week while I'm here for training anyway. And we're going to kind of talk about like what our, what our plan is moving forward that actually implemented on board. Um, Really the goal is to train people who can train other coaches. It's like the same kind of MTS theory Mm -hmm. of get more people that can train them, train the trainer. Yeah. And like the, the big push too, is also like, it's not necessarily making too many coaches. It's creating that coaching culture. So it's like, the active listening the the powerful questions it's it's understanding that the personal picture matters just as much as the professional yeah. um and taking that and bringing that to a submarine so uh working with the chief quarters and working with the other first classes to like really get that culture in a positive mindset because i, I don't know if if you heard about the news like even a year ago there was a huge uh like submarine grounding of the USS Connecticut. You heard about that. Yeah. 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 So it's, that was a big deal. That's the first submarine grounding in years mm-hmm. And as navigation division. My, my whole rating right now is under the spotlight. Yeah. And you look at it and you, if you read the whole incident report, yes, there were numerous tactical, horrible decisions that were made, but culturally there were mistakes that were also made mm-hmm. in addition to that.
0: Wow. Well
1: like caring about people yeah. uh, and not to get too in the specifics with it, but it's like, Hey, like you really want to look at how the sailors that are standing watch, how they're, how are they doing today?
0: So, right. Same thing with, uh, you know, back in right before two thousand sixteen and so 17, the, the ships that collided the, you know, the Fitzgerald, I think, and, and the other one, but yeah, that, that could be, you could say the same thing about that. How, how are the, how are the people getting treated? A lot of that you get burned out, and people aren't maybe 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 navy's on to something. Maybe that is the fact that people aren't taking care of themselves. You know, maybe they're mentally aren't, aren't ready or aren't there right now, and it could affect, could affect watch definitely cause cascading effects like you know, sub going aground, which is I never heard of before until the Connecticut, and then you know, ships colliding in a middle of ocean. It's crazy. But if uh, could you explain to somebody if there's some sailors out there that, that are interested, not just sailors, any, any military that are, in, are interested in becoming a military coach, can you tell them how to do it? What kind of, like, yeah. Uh, the tops?
1: Yeah. So first I would say you would go to the, the my Navy HR page. If you go it under career management and talent management, there's a whole section on that. And there's actually a frequently asked question about how do you become a Navy coach? Uh, so obviously, that's kind of like the token answers, like the My Navy HR page. In addition to that, they just made a change to the NEC manual where there's coaching NECs to track that. So if you read the coaching NEC, like the, the NEC manual, you can read the requirements for that. And you don't necessarily have to be trained through the Navy. You can be trained on your own personal time if, you, if that's what you wanted to do. If you thought this was like the, the initiative that you really want to get behind you can meet those requirements, apply for the NEC, uh, reach out to the my Navy HR coaching page and be like, hey, this is the NEC that I have uh, approved. I have the training. I, I pay for myself. And this is what I want to do. There there are talks about the, the next Flatter Inc. course, I think is in six months or so. So the Navy is probably going to try to buy more seats there. But I think they also want to kind of Pause for a moment and evaluate what the effectiveness is, and unfortunately, that's one of the things we're struggling with. Is like, how do you tangibly measure uh, personal success as well as professional, yeah. right? So like, somebody could have a goal like, I really want to write a book. That's an incredible goal, and like maybe somebody coaches that and they they write this book, right? It's not like how it is mentoring where it's like, I advanced two J socks or there were yeah, two right. JSOCs, ten right. Nams, and like. It's not an eval bullet at all. That's not the intent behind it. So it, we're trying to figure out ways to like tangibly man, uh, me, like measure how, how successful is coaching. Uh, and a lot of that's going to be through testimony and like, hey, experiences, reviews, of like giving back that feedback of, hey, coaching helped me start going to the gym, helped me lose weight. So there's, there's like so many endless possibilities. And the really nice thing is coaching is very personal
0: to you. That's that's awesome, man. You thank you for opening my eyes, man. And thank you for opening up a lot of people. Whoever listens to this is gonna is gonna their eyes are gonna be open. Uh especially this old old retired senior chief, man. He really opened my eyes. Cause I, I at first I heard about it, I thought it was a bunch of bullshit. But it sounds like it's really it's really got a place in today's military.
1: Yeah, uh-huh. and I think too the 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 whole like experience and coaching thing is kind of like why it's really good we had like even just like a 10 minute discussion. Cause it, it's really hard to put into words the feeling of like being asked thought-provoking questions. Yeah. Cause even like the people listening, uh, it's it's hard to really think about that. I would say to anybody listening right now, like the biggest thing is try to like create this vision and like this this uh, we call it a house of leadership. So like what your pillars are forced on, or like what your what your priorities are in life. And then try to think of a goal and then try to imagine what is actually in the way of that goal and what is actually in my control to do to fix that goal. And if, right. if there's something outside of my control, it's a little bit of stoicism. But like if something is out of my control, do I need to stress about it? The answer is probably no.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's, good. That's a good way. And I, I had my LPO tell me that one time I was a young third and I was getting pissed off about something. He goes. He need control. It? I'm like, no. He goes. Why are you why are you getting pissed off about it? It's just raising your blood pressure for no damn reason. This control yeah. which you can control, right? Mm-hmm. That's all you can do. Hey, Lawrence, thanks again for uh, coming on, man. We're gonna close out, but if you could, if you could stick around for a minute and BS with me for a second before uh, before you go for the day. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I appreciate uh, it. Awesome. Awesome. Hey, so everybody, we just been listening to Lawrence Bueno, ETV One Type, Bubblehead, Submariner. Tell us about Navy coaching. Thanks for opening our eyes, Lawrence, and. Uh, uh, I'm looking forward to to hear more about about your 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 path in Navy coaching, man, and and with uh, all our listeners out there, we wish you fair winds and following seas.